What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today is my co-host, Curtis. And today we are bringing back the listener mailbag with spring practice in full swing. Hey, the baseball team's actually on a roll right now, so we can keep that going this weekend in Nashville. There's some developments on the basketball front. There's a ton going on right now in the world of Georgia Athletics. So we thought it'd be a great time to bring back the mailbag. And as always, guys, like, and you definitely did not disappoint. We got a ton of great questions like we always do, and we're going to do our best to get to as many of them as we can. We got so many this time around, I don't know if we'll actually be able to get to all of them in this one show. But if we don't get to it today, we'll definitely make sure to get to them the next time around. We'll do this again uh, the next couple of weeks as there seems to be uh, a lot of questions out there. So we'll definitely do this again shortly and uh, make sure we get to all these questions at some point in the next couple of weeks. But before we get into the mailbag, I just want to want to remind everyone you can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. If you got any questions, since you don't have to necessarily wait to the mailbag, if you got a random question, you just want to shoot it our way, absolutely feel free to. We'll try to include those on the mailbag show, hold them for those, or maybe just uh, talk about it on Twitter, whatever it might be. But definitely, uh, anything you want to talk about, do not be shy to hit us up on Twitter. You can also find us on a variety of podcasting platforms out there. Of course, DogSportsRadio.com. Download Dog Sports Radio app straight to your smartphone. Make it a little easier for you guys if you prefer uh, the, some of the bigger platforms out there, the, the iTunes and SoundCloud. You can certainly find us there. And also the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. I've got a couple of reviews this past week. We definitely appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to let us know what you think about the show. Uh, if you get a chance, you haven't done so already, it would be awesome if you could help us out there as we continue to try to grow the show. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and get into today's mailbag show, Kurt. And we're going to start with, uh, I think it's an interesting question. It's not necessarily related directly to spring practice, but the 2018 season in general. And this question is from Micah. I, I'm including this question first. I was actually talking about this with one of my buddies, um, I think last week, not too long ago. So it's interesting to see Micah bring up the same exact topic. And Micah asked, where do you see us ranking in the SEC in terms of total offense next season? Kurt, how would you answer that question? Where are we going to uh, end up? I would probably say top five, maybe top three in the SEC, if I'm being realistic. Um, I mean, I last think, year we were we were third in the SEC in yards per play, only behind Missouri and Ole Miss. So, I don't – I mean, honestly, I don't see us going down from there, do you? No, and that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, is, I was trying to do total offense. You know, I mean, like you said, you could do the yards per play. Yeah. Um, but if I'm looking at it realistically, I think top three is very fair because Ole Miss can take a step back. They lost some receivers. They don't really have their go-to quarterback right now. They got Tiamu. We'll see how that – I mean, he was pretty good coming in about halfway through last season. We'll see if he's able to kind of really carry through the entire season this year. Exactly. And then other than that, I mean, the offenses that I think that are, I mean, in my mind, there's no doubt. It's a hundred percent in my mind that Missouri will be number one. Are you, okay. So, all right. If all things being equal from last year, I would 1000% agree. And you guys, if you listen to the show last year, you knew I was really well, high on Missouri it, it coming to the season. On what offense That's my only concern. Cause you definitely drew Locke's coming back. Drew Locke was, I mean, he set an SEC record for touchdown play. passes last year. Uh, you have, they have every single star on the offensive line coming back. They have their most – now they're losing Jamon Moore, but the dude was good for like three drops a game. Their most explosive receiver, Manuel Hall, he's coming back. And you got both big-time running backs coming back. They basically have everybody coming back on offense. But they have an entirely new offense coordinator, Derek Dooley's coming in, who has a pro-style background. If you've watched this Missouri offense at all over the past couple years, they have been anything but a pro-style offense. Drew Locke, I mean, it's been a simplified – I mean, one of the reasons you do these spread offenses is it's – people think the spread offenses are like these super complicated schemes – Actually, it's the opposite. Spread offense is dumbed down. The system. They could very simple for quarterbacks. You're making one or two reads. You can kind of mask some deficiencies on the offensive line. So I'm very curious to see. Derek Dooley, we know he has a background. He's been in the NFL the past couple of years uh, since, the, since uh, being fired from Tennessee, being let go there. 
He's got he's a pro style guy, is he not? And that's his background. So do you I mean do you hire him trying to tra- and you try to transition Missouri who has been a spread well, team to this pro style or do you or does he try to adjust to what they've been doing? I think they try to transition because I think that's one of the biggest reasons Drew Locke came back is you know especially when, like you were just talking about the, uh, the the spread system they're running was so dumbed down that you know as good as he is scouts are I mean you're seeing a lot of I mean they were explosive in college but you're right like it, that's not necessarily what he's going to be doing at the next level all the time yeah these scouts and these teams are tired of you know these quarterbacks not coming in and being able to read stuff. Absolutely. So I, 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 you know, when I heard that Drew Locke was coming back, first I was like, God dang, really? I was, I was actually hoping he would go pro because I'm, I'm somewhat nervous. I know we're better than Missouri, but still, that game probably gonna be a night game there in Columbia with the senior quarterback who broke the SEC record for touchdown passes last year. Uh, th- that's a game that we at least need to be paying attention to. So I wasn't thrilled that he was coming back, um, but I, I had the same thought that you did. It's like, okay, he's got to be coming back because. Derek Dooley is a guy that that can kind of teach him some of the finer points of the game as as a, a quarterback that can take snaps under center, things that he hasn't done in a while. And actually, you know, I was reading up some of Missouri's uh, spring uh, spring reports, and he's actually taking snaps under center for the first time in his career. So I, again, I, I I don't know what exactly the offense is going to look like. I have to imagine it's going to be kind of a some sort of a blending of both styles, right? I, I can't yeah, imagine they're going to go completely I, pro I style. To a full hundred percent pro yet. They show, they don't have the personnel. If they try to do that with that offensive line, they'll get killed. Their line their line is good, but not it's not built for that. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think you're right. The Missouri definitely has the pieces. This will be really good. The only caveat there is I just don't know exactly what kind of offensive team they're going to run. I don't know if they'll be as explosive. I don't know if they're going to be chucking the ball around as much as they did the past couple years. Uh, we'll see uh, if that happens. But they just, they certainly have the pieces to be up there. Uh, and here's what I'll say: There's a bunch of teams that have no chance of having a better offense. Florida, sure. no, not happening. Um, Vanderbilt, no. no. Tennessee, LSU, no. No. Mississippi State, I really doubt it. No way. Uh, I don't. No, no. Not with a new. I know Joe Moorhead's a good offense coordinator, but his first year is a new. It's a tiny different I system. So um, they'll be better this year with, with Debo Samuel coming back, but no. And then Kentucky, no way. I mean, that's the East right there. And then the West, you still have Auburn is competition. Bama will be competition. That's why I say three to five ranges. To me, it really comes down to. Bama, Auburn, Georgia, and Missouri. Yeah, Bama's yeah. going to be really good offensively. Um, there's no doubt. They, they have a ton of talent there. Very similar what, situation. What does yeah. Auburn, I don't think it's getting talked about enough, though. They really don't have an established running back at all. And then off of that, they lose Eli Stowe, who was like their, their uh, Swiss Army knight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and Will Hastings, too. Don't forget about Will Hastings. I mean, he, he made some big plays yeah, in the Times line. last year. Yeah, it's so, very unsettled. Yeah, I mean, carry on Johnson. I mean, I know he got he did get some uh, plenty of publicity last year, but I really don't know if people truly appreciate how much he meant to that offense last year. Uh, that dude, I mean, you saw what their offense was like when he wasn't healthy and when he wasn't in there. They were totally different. You know, when he didn't play at Clemson and they and they got beat. They couldn't they couldn't move the ball at all. You know, uh, and now when they played us the first time around, granted it was it was a raucous environment there in Jordan Hare. Um, so it's, there's a couple things going on there, but still they were better with him. They were in the SEC championship game without him being hundred percent healthy. So I think losing him is a big blow, especially Cam Petway also leaves. You don't, I mean, you have Cam Martin, who is a, a scat back. Let's be real. Cam yeah, Martin. They don't have a true power back. They don't have that. They don't have it. And they also don't, and they don't have the mobile quarterback or at least a true dual. I mean, Sims mobile enough, but he's not a true dual threat guy. So they don't have that yeah. guy who can kind of take pressure off the running back position and make the running backs better because defense have to focus on his ability to run the football. 
I honestly don't. I don't see. I mean, Auburn's going to be. I mean, Gus Malzahn always puts up pretty good offenses. Well, I mean, the thing is, they they're home run threat. That's the only thing with the. I mean, they still, you still have, have Nate Craig Myers. Myers and things like yeah. that. I mean, they still have some good receivers. Darius Slayton's that's the out only, there. That's the only way they're really going to scare you is the deep ball. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see because I still think their running game is going to be near what it has been really every year under Gus Malzahn. Is there? I mean, I think the pass game will be good, but will it be good enough to offset? The struggles I think they're going to experience in that running game. I don't know. I I honestly I don't think, don't think they should be better than us. Too. Yeah, they shouldn't be better than us on offense. They really shouldn't be uh, with what we have coming in. Alabama can make a legitimate argument. Missouri, you could make an argument depending on what the offensive scheme looks like. No, I think I mean, Ole Miss, I mean, you could make an push. argument. Ole Miss yeah, is progressive. I mean, Ole Miss can push you. You got AJ Brown. Like you're talking about South Carolina, they have Debo come back, but I think in realistically, they're losing their biggest weapon in, in Hurst. Well, he—I mean, he was their weapon last year with with no Debo Samuel. And Brian Edwards is see—I think they have two really good receivers. They have Brian Edwards, who's really good, and they have Debo Samuel, who you know was you know one of the best offensive players in the in the SEC, maybe in all the country. The first couple weeks of the season before he gets hurt, uh, Rico Dowdle at running back's pretty good. AJ Turner's pretty good. Uh, what do you think of the quarterback position there, at South Carolina? What do you, what do you make of Jake Bentley? Because he, he had a lot of hype coming in last year, and he in no way delivered. He was okay. It was weird. Like, the first half of the season, he wasn't. Like, people were talking about how great he was protecting the football. In the second half of the season, it was like a turnover fest for Jake Bentley. Now, maybe a lot yeah, of that was because like, what, you lose Samuel. against the terrible Florida team. Oh, that was awful. I mean, you and I were, in, we were at Auburn at, at the sports world watching that game. I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing, dude? I don't know, man. Like, he's one of the – I'll just be honest. I think we're in a much better position quarterback-wise. I think Bentley's a good quarterback, and he's a good player. I would say Jake Fromm all day long. Over, over Bentley. No questions asked. Call me biased if you want, but I'm sorry. Uh, what I've seen out of Fromm his freshman year and what he saw out of Bentley as a, as a sophomore last year, uh, night and day. I know we have it's, it's a, they have different guys around them, but I would still take our guy, and we have better players around them. They have good players around them. We have better players. So I'll just go with us there. Uh, so, yeah, I think, like honestly, there's no reason that we're anywhere below third in the league in offense. And I, I think agree. we could I, – I mean, we shouldn't be. No, we shouldn't be. I mean, look, we got we got a sophomore quarterback who's seen it all. Uh, if he gets beat out, like, which he might, we don't know. If, if Fromm gets beat out, that means our new starting quarterback, Justin Fields, is better than a guy that was as good as Jake Fromm was last year, well, which means he's pretty that, good. If it is Fromm, um, I think they're going to have that much more trust in him to open up the offense even more. Yeah, sorry, that's, that's what I was talking about. Control, with... Go more tempo, do, th- do different things yeah. to let him open it up more. That's Not exactly right. Him like we did a lot of time. I'm in 100 percent agreement there. That's so one of the things I was talking about with my buddy when we were talking about this question. I was like, dude, like I'm serious. I think that we're going to throw the ball around this year. Not that we don't have good backs, we do. We're, we're going to be fine at running back, but I just think our, our coaches have that much. I mean, just look at what we we, we came out trying to do is Alabama. Like Murray when he started throwing 30 times a game, putting up like 300 massive plus numbers. The best offense is statistically him. in Georgia history with Aaron Murray. Wish I yeah, and up, that's yeah. what I see similar to Fromm. I think Fromm's got a little bit of actually better tangibles, and, and but the same type of mentality, um, the way they study and things like that. That's why I think they'll put more faith in him. And I think Kirby also realizes that, especially as our running backs come along, that we don't want to have to run them, you know, fifty times a game. Uh, yeah, I 100 percent agree there. Like I really, I don't. We're, we're never under Kirby Smart. We're never going to be an offense that throws the ball like 40 or 50 times a game consistently. But I absolutely think this year we're going to throw the ball about 25 or 30 times a game. I think we're going to put the ball in the air. I think we're going to let Fromm do some things. We're always going to run the football too. I mean, that's, we're never going to get away from that. Uh, but I, I do think that we'll give Fromm some opportunities to make plays on the field. I think we have some some guys that can do that at the wide receiver position. I mean, I think Miko Harbin's in for a huge year this year. Terry Godwin's come back for a senior campaign, made a huge jump last year. Got Riley really looked really good late in the season. Got a bunch of young guys they can throw in there. You got J.J. Holliman, Matt Landers potentially, who was tearing up the scout team last year against the number one defense. 
Um, you get a ton of guys. I mean, Tyler Simmons is a guy that I was really high on last last spring. I, I got to watch one of the spring scrimmages last year, and that dude was making plays left and right. Him and Fromm had a had a really good rapport, it seemed like. Uh, and I've actually heard some pretty good things about him this spring. So we, we have a ton of weapons there. And, look, I know we lose two big-time guys at running back, and I but I know this is blasphemous to say. And so correct me if I'm wrong here, Curtis. I might be completely out of balance here. But I think Nick Chubbs, and as much as I love him, I think his on-field production over the past two seasons, post-injury, is imminently replaceable. All right? Like, Chubb- I, mean, I agree 100% because the last two years, especially on the show, I advocated Tony was the better running back. Absolutely. I, I, 100%, and and not you, only that, I, I want to bring this up. Everyone's talking about, oh, you can't lose people like that and still be good. All right, well, yes, we, you can. For years, we've done this. We lost a top 10 pick in Gurley, and the next year, for, until the injuries, you didn't even re- you didn't even feel their loss. Absolutely. I Look, Nick Chubb was a great player for us, man, especially those first two years. I mean, and, and the courage he showed and the tenacity he showed in getting back, is it's the stuff of legend. The guy's he's an all-time. He's a DGD forever. But uh, let's just be real. The last two years, his on-field production was good. It was really good. But it wasn't, like, elite. It wasn't spectacular. I mean, it just wasn't. I mean, this is a guy that, that I think – I'm not going to say that any average guy at the street can come replace him, but I think we have plenty of guys the way we've recruited at that position. I'm not saying there's going to be an improvement running back. I'm not certainly not going to go that far, but I don't think there's going to be that much of a drop-off. Do you? No. I, really, I, mean, I mean, not like people are expecting. I mean, we've been recruiting at high level. Almost every running back we got except for Harry and is, has been a five or a four. Yeah, shot. especially if, if Zeus is, is – he's, if he's ready to come back early in the season, which we don't know. We'll see, but – I think Cook's going to be an undervalued weapon because he's just so versatile. The dude ran like I think he, he ran in the ten fives in a hundred meter in, in, at, a, at a meet in Florida. I mean, it might have been the regional. I don't know somewhere in Florida he ran. He's running the hundred meter. Ran uh, a, it was a sub ten six. I think it was like a ten five five something like that. Which is that's moving. Uh, that's really moving. And like I, you mentioned, Sony. Like, I know Sony's going to be really tough to replace. I think Sony was our most valuable offensive player late in the season last year. But see, him and Swift have more of a similar game. Exactly. I think Swift can fill that role in a lot of ways. Um, so I think we got that taken care of. We've come in on passing downs more than Chubb ever was. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just – Chubb was so good. I mean, I love the guy. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say bad about him, but we can replace him. He, as good as he is, as much as I love him, he, he's, he's not irreplaceable. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. He's just, I mean, Todd Gurley wasn't irreplaceable, and Todd Gurley was the best running back. I, he, honestly, I know I'm kind of youngish thinking to see Herschel play, but Todd Gurley is the best player I've seen with my own two eyes. I've said that before in this show. So if we can replace him, then – we can replace a, a, a Nick Chubb who's a different player since the injury. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, and they got four stars on the offensive line. Two of those guys were freshmen, so they should take nice steps forward. Uh, got to, going to have improved depth in the offensive line. More guys will be ready to play and contribute, which means you have more competition, which means you're going to have guys getting pushed and getting better. So, honestly, I, I don't see any reason. Like, there's no way this team should be lower than third in offense this year. There's just no way. And I think we could legitimately push to be the best offense in the, in the, in the league depending on what we come out and do schematically. I mean, I really think there's a chance we could do that. Now, there's some teams that put up a lot of points. They should run a lot of plays. I don't know if we'll go fast enough and, and turn out enough plays as, a, as like a Missouri has in the past or Ole Miss does on a game-to-game basis. But I think we can be like maybe yards per play if we go that way. It's what I always kind of look at. I think absolutely we could be potentially pushing for that number one spot. No doubt. All right, and the next question Micah had here, kind of by extension, we're talking about the offense. Micah also asked, will we have a top 10 defense, Curtis? We're losing a lot, man. There's a, there's at least five starters gone from last year's top ten unit. Will we be back in the top ten defensively this year? If, all right, I'm guessing he's, he's asking nationally. Yes, but, yes, uh, definitely not. I think yeah, I'm going nationally there. Yeah, that's what I think. Got to uh, I'm going to say top fifteen. 
Top 15 nationally. I mean, last year we were number six uh, overall, and they were number 10 in yards per play defensively. So, I mean, you're saying like basically no, you're taking no step back if you want to say it's a top 10 defense. I have to believe this defense might take a small step back, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it'll take a small step back, but nothing severe. I mean, the thing is, we're at, like you said, other than the, other than Roquan, almost every position is getting upgrade talent-wise. You just got to get the experience and stuff going. That's why I think it'll still be top 15. I mean, we could, now I'm not saying we can't be top 10. No, definitely not if this talent comes in and starts clicking. But you, they are going to take a little while to click. Yeah, and and that's what somewhat concerns me early on because you've got in your first four games, you've got at South Carolina and at Missouri. The thing, the thing that makes me feel good about those games, I mean, we'll get, get to it later and see yeah. closer to the season, but, I mean, they're not teams that can outscore us. Missouri potentially could. I, I, st- yeah, I don't know what to think about Missouri. Their defense can't stop the offense. I mean, yes, them, unless, them, unless their defense takes, like, some gigantic leap forward, we should be able to score at will in Missouri. And South yeah, Carolina, and South Carolina, as much as we're losing on defense, South Carolina's losing eight starters defensively. Yeah, that's the South Carolina. No one talks about them losing eight starters. And I mean, it's not like they had a ton of depth anyway. So I, I mean, you know, and losing Sky Moore, who's their best player, and they get Bryce Nile Williams back, and you keep hearing that Bryce Nile Williams is coming back. Okay, like what has he ever done? Okay, good for you. I mean, just whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, I think uh, simply, I, I would say put us still top fifteen. I'm not, nothing less. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine a Kirby Smart because of who our coaches are and the talent we have. Yeah, it's just hard. For, like, I, I know I put a lot of faith in our coaching staff, but what, I mean, seriously, what reason have they given us to not put faith in them at this point? I mean, Kirby and Mel Tucker and the defensive staff in general. I mean, these guys. It's hard for me to imagine them having a defense that's like outside the top twenty. You know, I, I just yeah, I can't I, that imagine would be that. Blasphemy. Yeah, I just with can't. all the recruiting and everything we've done, I don't, just don't see Yeah, it. look, we're, we're, you, you mentioned, like, we're, okay, yes, we are replacing one bona fide superstar, one of the best to ever wear the red and black in Roquan Smith. There's no, there's no replacing him. Like, we're, there's going to be, like, we're downgrading that. No matter who steps in that position, it's going to be a downgrade from Roquan Smith. That's just inevitable. That's whatever. That's going to, I mean, we have to understand that. But it doesn't mean we still can't be very good on defense. You know, we're placing two very good players, outside linebacker, and, and, um, Davin Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter, but as you mentioned, like it's kind of like Nick Chubb. Those guys are really good for us, but like, are they irreplaceable? No, I mean, they're, they're just not. They were really. I mean, Lorenzo's versatility was the part that that concerns me. Do we have a guy that can that can kind of fill that role? It looks like we're trying to work Walter Grant into that type of role. But it, it's it really it's the experience that's going to be tough to replace for those two guys. But we looked at. I mean, Davin Bellamy, as as clutch as he was, making some big time sacks for us in big time moments last year. You know, there are also times it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, still as a senior, what are you doing? What are you, can you not set the edge properly? Or how can you not play with proper leverage on the outside? So, like, you know, and we saw at the end of last year, DeAndre Walker was our best pass rusher, was he not? Yeah. I mean, and now he's going to be playing a lot more downs. You got a guy like Britton Cox coming in, as talented as he is, is already. I mean, we're, we're trust me, guys. From what I'm hearing, we're getting him ready to play. I don't know if he's going to start, but we're getting him ready to play. Walter Grant got some serious snaps last year. You got Robert Beal, who's going to be a factor. You got Adam Anderson coming in uh, this summer. Who I, I, I I've gone on record saying I know he's his body type isn't qu- his size isn't quite there. I mean, he's got to fill out a little bit more, put on a little bit more weight. But in terms of his pass rushing capabilities, I think he's the best pure pass rusher out of the 2018 class. You got him coming on coming in to, to kind of pair with. Britton Cox there, so I think we'll be okay at outside linebacker. I don't think there'll be much of a drop off there. The secondary, you know, we definitely have like we have basically three stars that we're placing there. So, but it's really like we've talked about this before. It's experience for secondary. You and I have, have said this many times. We think we have the talent to replace those guys. We just don't have the experience. So we'll see how that plays out. But we're just too talented to fall too much, right? Just too talented there. All right, great question, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Uh, next question here is from Jeremy, a loyal listener. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy says, I see the secondary and linebacking positions 
I think he's talking about inside linebacking, but maybe outside as well, uh, with the most chance for competition. Who do you guys see replacing Roquan, and do any of the incoming freshmen at those positions push for playing time? I think the answer is uh, yes and yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, it's yes all around. I think that's the, the position that's most open. Um, I think that, well, I mean, the defense of backfield is very open, um, but I think there's a lot of players in there. It's just where you put them. But for this position in particular, it's very open in that no one has solidified themselves in that position. And if I'm going to say something, I think, yes, the the uh, the guys we have right there are on the team right now are good, but none of them have separated themselves, which is a huge thing that allows these freshmen with no separation from the, uh, from the other guys. At which position, inside or outside? At inside. When you have okay. people like Quay Walker and Channing Tindall coming in who are exactly what we really prototypically want now for that position going forward, I think the coaches will be more lenient with them trying to get them reps and everything to get them in there. Absolutely. Like This is the time. Like All the guys are here right now. They need to separate themselves during the spring. And to my understanding, to what I've been able to gather, that hasn't happened. Nobody separated themselves. You got Juwan Taylor who's been pretty good. You got Monty Rice apparently has done some nice things. Uh, Tate Crowder's been in the rotation, but nobody's jumped out and said, I'm taking this job, right? I'm taking this. And this is the time you do it, because you mentioned the guys, Quay Walker and Shane Tindler are going to be coming in the summer, and those guys are, like, they're legit, all right? And they're coming to play. They're coming to take jobs. And if nobody separated themselves by the time the summer rolls around, you better believe those guys are going to be in in the mix to, to get some serious playing time, and maybe even one of those guys start, which is scary to think of. It's a, it's a critical position in this, in this defense. But if you look at talent-wise, I mean, those guys, I mean, Tindall and Walker have it. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, Nate McBride, there's no one as talented competing for that position. And why? But, but if, 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 he's not. I mean, he hasn't. He's still. You know, he's still got a ways to go. So that's the thing. I mean, their talent wise just can't yeah. be denied. My understanding of Nate McBride is he's working with the threes right now. Like he's not even getting reps with the first or second team. Which I mean, look, he's still really young. I don't want to write the guy off yet. But I mean, it's just what we said. Like he. He, he didn't play linebacker a ton in high school. He was, you know, he played running back a lot early in his career, and then he gets hurt for all of his junior year. Goes back his senior year, plays some linebacker, and his his film that year it was it was just uninspiring. It was okay. He was running around blocks. You know, when he would hit people, he would uh, it, he would hit them, and they would and he would tackle them. But like as soon as he made contact with them, like his legs just stopped moving. Like they stopped driving. It's like he was like jumping and lunging at people, and just didn't do all the little things that that great linebackers do. And he can learn those things, but I think it's going to be a little bit longer for him to get all the nuances of that position down. He's just not quite ready yet. And by the time he does get ready, I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him. We'll see. But you're right. Though. I think he's the one that, with the talent there, like with the athleticism. The other guys, I don't know. So I think definitely the inside linebacking position. The outside linebacking position, like I think Britton Cox is going to play big-time downs for us. Do you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, Adam Anderson's a guy that, like his pass I think he, I can see Adam Anderson in a role kind of like Walter Grant had last year, you know, uh, coming in, in, in certain pass situations. That's what Anderson does well. I, I'm hearing that Anderson's putting on some more weight, which is really good. He needs to, but I just don't know if he's going to have enough size to play, you know, like like first and second down as well as those pass rushing situations. So I think he, he can definitely get some time there as well. Uh, secondary, I mean, like Mark Webb is right now, from what I understand, he's working with the ones. And just, he, I mean, he's going to be a sophomore. He didn't redshirt all last year. He played some special teams. But he's a young guy. I think Tyson Campbell is a guy that's going to come in and get some time, get some looks coming into the summer. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. I, I think, think that, that leads into the next question. But yeah, I think it's in the next question. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, I think the answer to both of your question there is yes. And yes, and we have some young guys coming and pushing for playing time. The secondary and linebacker positions are definitely open for competition, no doubt about it. Uh, and speaking of the secondary, uh, Ellis asked a good question about one of our uh, big time star recruits from the 2018 class, one of the many big time five star recruits. 
Uh, he asks, will Coach Smart use Tyson Campbell similar to how he used Dre Kirkpatrick at Alabama? Both were top corners coming out of high school. Kurt, do you see some similarities there? Not Drake or Patrick. In my opinion, it'd be more like a Minka Fitzpatrick system, um, where he could play both the cornerback and the safety position. And I think Kirby, at this point, uh, realistically, I mean, if, if you're being as honest as you want, he just wants Tyson Campbell on the field. He has the athletic abilities, the, the length, the skill set, everything you want. The dude just ran like a ten four. He ran a sub ten five hundred meter, which is if that, you guys that, aren't, that's flying. And he's 6'1". I mean, he's a big guy. He's what you want. I mean, I think Kirby just wants to get him on the field, like I said, with the Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, I see, Drake Patrick was a little bit – I mean, that was a little while ago, but Mika's the most fresh one, and Mika's one of those guys that you everyone remembers as a freshman, all the big plays he made. Um, and so I think I think Kirby realistically just wants Campbell out there. I mean, Campbell very well could see at times the star position or anything. I mean, I think, it, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. It's a realistic thing. You're right. It's the versatility that I think is going to give him a great opportunity that's, on the field. Yeah, to get him on the field quicker. That's like you saw Minka. I mean, Minka, how, how many positions did he play? I mean, tons, but that's because he's so versatile. And that's what allowed to get him on the field where some other guys are strict corners or other guys are strict safeties. Well, he can go around, and he's better in both of them, most of them anyways. All right, Tyson, just give you an idea of the athleticism of Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell put up a 10 4 100 meter. That I, was faster than uh, Miko Hart. Miko, I pull up Miko's numbers right here. Miko ran a ten. His personal record in high school, what I got right here, is a ten six four. All right, and we all know how explosive Miko Hartman is. Tyson Campbell just ran a ten four one compared to Miko's ten six four. That 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 is freaking flying. All right, this guy, and, and he did this at six two. All right, I mean six two about one eighty five. Now, if you look at like his recruiting profile and his size, like I see where else is coming from because. He has a very similar recruiting profile, both top 15 corners, a similar size to Drake Kirkpatrick. They both are on 6'2", 185, 190. I certainly see there. And I do think that Tyson Campbell fits Kirby's prototype of the longer corners that him and Mel Tucker are looking for. There's no doubt. I think long-term, that's where we hope that he kind of fits in there. That's where we're hoping to have him and planning to have him at some point here. But you're right. He has a versatility to also play safety, kind of like a Minka. Uh, I can see the Minka Fitzpatrick comparison. They don't have the same body type. Like He's not the same body type as Minka Fitzpatrick. But you're right in saying that Minka, you know, he played outside or he played outside a corner. He played safety. He played uh, star. He played star a lot last year. So Tyson Campbell has that has the ability to do that as well. But he does have, you know, a similar size and profile of Drake Kirkpatrick. Drake Kirkpatrick. You're right. Drake Kirkpatrick will like – 2011? Is that like when he was a, a big time deal? I mean, 11, I mean, 12? Yeah, it's been at least six or seven years at least. It's been a while. But I mean, I do see where else is coming from there. Uh, both top corners coming out of high school. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I, just, I think I was just going with, you know, what yeah, yeah. everyone has on their mind right now. That's me because that's always, he's always been talked about the last couple of years. Totally, totally understand there. All right, next question here is from Alvin. Uh, appreciate the question. Alvin asks uh, We appear to be over our scholarship limit currently. Which players do you predict will transfer after spring practice ends? Okay, also another another guy had the same question. G on Twitter also had the same question. So this is a topic that a lot of people are thinking about, and I think understandably so, uh, because right now we're going to be over the eighty-five one. Right by my count, right I went count this a couple times just to make sure, double check myself, triple check myself. By my count, we have seventy-one scholarship players right now, with seventeen more set to enroll this summer which would put us at 88, and the limit is 85 scholarship players. So as of right now, if now assuming that every one of those 17 players that are set to enroll as part of the 2018 class, assuming that they all are going to qualify, no one's going to be an academic casualty, we've got to, just basically we got to get rid of three guys. 
I mean, I hate to say it that way, but we have to get down to 85. Right now, we're going to be at 88 unless at least three players leave. So, and I, I hate like this question. I, this question, I hate the. Yeah, I hate this question because you don't want to. Like, I, I don't want to speculate and push my out the door because all these guys are working their tails off and they've I'm been working the offseason. I'm not gonna say a kid in particular. I will say more of a position group where it wouldn't shock me if someone left. All right, where are you gonna look at? Well, um, right, first I just want to mention that with the roster turnover, you can also see things happening to open up uh, scholarships with something that's happened, like Sam Madden, Rashad, Rashad Roundtree, where they sure, take the medical transfer or med- I'm sorry, medical DQ. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can like see that. that. I mean, there's a lot of these. Where well, you stay on scholarship, but just not technically. Yeah, you taking up a football scholarship. That are gonna practice all the time and stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on that you know we don't have. I think Shaquith Williams is still in that role. Actually, he's a guy that yeah, had, had yeah, that happen last year. He's able to help coach, and yeah. that's what he does instead. He's almost like a student or like a manager type thing. Yeah. But um, all right, if I'm looking at two positions off the top of my head, um, it's offensive line and wide receiver. I think you're onto something there. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, I mean, if I had to say offensive line, it's one in particular that he's a little undersized and he wants to play center, but we've got other kids that are just better. Yes, I, I know. I actually have his name written down here. I think there's a couple. There's two guys at least. I'm looking at the offensive line, and unless they, and, and usually what you see is the reason all these guys haven't transferred yet or haven't made a move yet is because they want to have one last spring practice. Let's see if I can make a move up the depth chart. Just give it a shot. And if it doesn't well, happen, then, then they think about also, transferring. Also, it's so hard, too, because you have some of these kids that they're like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to – you know, I'll just stay. I'm going to take a scholarship, get my education, which is what you have. Yeah, especially like, if you're an upperclassman, if you're like a redshirt yeah, which, junior or which something. Is what you have and say a uh, Keon Brown. Or in like a Justin Young. Yeah. Okay, and they need to forget about I mean, and it's why they, But a guy like Justin Young, he's a guy that comes to mind. But like, we're so thin right now on the defensive line that I don't know. Even the guy that Justin Young doesn't play a lot, can we afford to have anybody leave? And like and Not try to like position. we could have yeah. put in an offensive line or a uh, wide receiver or even a DB because we have so many, but not at the D line. And I think you, I know you didn't want to say names, and I don't, I don't feel super comfortable doing this either. But I think you were referring to Chris Barnes on the offensive line. Us, Steve. Yeah, and maybe I mean a guy like Pat Allen. I don't know. He's he, he's been around for a while, so I don't know if he he might be one of those guys who you were saying like you know what I've been here. I put the time in. I just want to finish my degree and finish my time here at Georgia. That may happen. Somebody's also look at grad transfer options. Sure. Yeah, have to out stuff. I mean, that's why some of them go through the spring. Like you said, they get that one last chance. If they don't do it, all right. Well, most of them, if they have red shirt, say, all right, I graduate now and I can go enroll and be ready to play. Yeah, I mean, Michael Chigbu. I mean, he might be a guy that can fit that that profile. Uh, and I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope I hope all these guys find their way into some playing time and don't have to transfer. The bottom line is, we're gonna have to get down to eighty five somehow. Jaleel Leguins. Maybe another guy who's a really good athlete and has done things the right way, but he's kind of a tweener. He's not quite that thumper to play inside linebacker, I mean, but not quite never, big enough like to play outside. Priority to Kirby as bad as it sounds. I mean, he was one of these that like, Kirby had, a talk, had to have a talk to in recruiting, and he was like, you're not giving me enough attention. He's like, well, listen. Yeah, because like, he was thinking about Nebraska for a while there. Yeah, uh, but but Leguince is a guy though. He, he really gives you some quality depth on special teams. Like he's a guy that I mean, and I don't say that derogatory. I mean, special teams is critical, and he's a guy that with his, with his athleticism could play a lot of special teams for us. So I mean, I don't want to lose him, but I mean, he's a guy that hasn't really dented the depth chart since he's been here. Tay Crowder is a redshirt junior now, uh, but he's so advanced. I think he fits in that category. One of those guys has been here so long, he's just going to see it through no matter what. Um, and, and maybe Pat Allen fits that category too. He's also a redshirt junior. Uh, what about a guy like Marshall Long, uh, who was mysteriously out with some sort of injury all of last year? I think you could see him, especially if he gets beat out. If Camarda comes in, Camarda, then he because he was still he'd have two more years of eligibility because I think he got a redshirt year, a uh, medical redshirt last year. I believe he so, did. 
So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked because, I mean, someone like that, you can just go to another school to punt. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. And here's another one. I, this guy, oh, my God, I hope to God I'm wrong. I, I don't want to – please don't let this happen. But I'm going to throw it out there because he's I – mean, we don't know. Like he's, he's been, It's been an injury he's been dealing with, but there are also some, some discipline issues that we, that we kind of heard going around early in, during the season last year. D'Angelo Gibbs, I mean, I mean, I know Kirby says he expects him to be back, but do we know that 100%? know it 100%. I think he's one of these, if, if anyone from the DB, I would focus on more like a Jarvis Wilson. I mean, look, I want D'Angelo more than, I mean, do we need D'Angelo? Like, D'Angelo Gibbs playing the star position solves a lot of our issues in the secondary. A lot of our issues. To, you, especially with someone that good, you force them. If they're leaving, you don't kick them off and allow them to go SEC. No, I, I, it would take some, like, look at some of the discipline issues. And I, 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 look, I don't really have any hard evidence that D'Angelo's done anything. I mean, he's just, he was a kid that was adjusting to college. He didn't do anything crazy, nothing terrible at all. Nothing like that, uh, but he's, he has had the, the, the I think it was a shoulder injury that he's been recovering from, and by all accounts, and Kirby even mentioned in this opening press conference this spring that he fully expects him to be back for the summer, and, and I and I hope to God that's the case. But until that's officially announced, until he's officially back in the role in the program, you just you can't count it a hundred percent. I'm certainly very hopeful, but for looking, I mean. It's it's a possibility. I mean, a very hopefully a very minor possibility, but it's out there. But so I don't know who it's going to be. Um, and like I said, hopefully it's nobody. I mean, I, I say I hope it's nobody because I don't want anybody to have to transfer or, or take a medical DQ or anything like that. But I don't know. Somehow we're going to get down to eighty five, and we'll see. We'll see how that happens. I don't know. All right, next question here. We've got a couple recruiting questions. Uh, this one's from Jesse. Jesse asks, "How high are y'all on Kyle Hamilton? Kirk, you know, he's this guy out of Marist. Is a safety out of Marist." What do you think of his game? Now, he's a guy that's like barely ranked inside the top 1,000 right now nationally. Like, do you, is he better than that, or is that just kind of where he is? I think he may be better than that. To me, it could be a similar to what you saw last year with Wild Goose. Ah, okay. Well, okay, okay. Explain. Why do you, why do you say that? Because um, when we first when he first committed and everything, people were just like, kind of like, what? Why are like, we taking this guy? Yeah, why are you even taking this guy? Why are you wasting your time? And then he, he blew up. I mean, not a, a five-star or anything like that, but he blew up to schools after him. So, well, like, when a school like Georgia offers you and you and, and accepts your commitment, it, it kind of puts you on it puts you on the scene a little bit. People take notice of you. Maybe when teams that maybe haven't taken notice of you to that point. I, I'm going I'm to say this. So I think Kyle Hamilton's better than Wild Goose. I think Kyle Hamilton's a I mean, legit I, I player. I think he is, too. I just think the situation is similar. And like we said, a lot of these times, you know, we've talked about it before, a lot of these recruiting rankings are built all on camps. And Hamilton, yeah, absolutely. And he came to a, he came to the, the uh, Nike opening regional camp here in Atlanta, Buford High School. Not here in Atlanta, but close to where I am in Athens. Uh, and he had a good showing there. He's, I mean, he, he checked in at 6'3 and a half, 188 pounds. So he already has a great frame. If you watch his tape, he's really long, really rangy, and dude, I mean, this guy will hit you. He will not not just attack ball carriers, but he attacks blockers as well, which is not something you usually see at a, second, a guy in the secondary. You got especially a high school player. You got to usually teach them that. He already does that. He's got good, uh, not great, forty time. Uh, he ran a four seven or in the four seven range in that Nike camp. But you got to factor in it was like extraordinarily cold there and wet and nasty, so it wasn't the best conditions to be running in. Um, but if you watch him play, he he looks like he plays much faster than a four seven. But you know, in running forties, a lot of that is you know technique and getting out of your starts and things like that. Uh, but I, he he plays fast on the football field, and, so, and I think also with that size and his willingness to hit, he's got the ability to be an enforcer and, and potentially like that eraser type on the back end. I think he's I don't want to say, go too strong here and say he's criminally underrated. I I thought that, uh, but he's I think he's underrated. I think he's I do think he's like a top two fifty player. 
I'm not going to say he's a five-star, but I think, honestly, if they really assessed him, if he keeps on going through the camp circuit like he did earlier in the, in the spring here, I think that he'll find his way in the top 250. I think he's certainly a, a mid-to-high four-star type player. Um, that, that I would, Dude, I'd be happy to take his commitment right now. I mean, I think he's a good player. We'll see um, how it plays out, but I, I certainly think he's got the skill set to be a really good player for us down the road if we were to go that route. Uh, next question here, also on the recruiting front. This one about the wide receivers. This is from Zach. Appreciate the question, Zach. Uh, who do you think we should go after for our third wide receiver in the 2019 class? I like Frank Ladson or George Pickens. So, Kurt, do you like either of those two or is there somebody else you're looking at? Um, I think Ladson's the one guy that's really jumping on the scene to most people right now. I mean, he's uh, top 15 nationally according to the 247 composite. Yeah, and I think that's the one guy that we're really try- we're really putting going after, uh, trying to put put the, the full court press on him. I think he's receptive, um, and I think that I think if I was gonna pick between the two, I'd probably go with him. Yeah, I mean Latson, he's a really fluid athlete. He's ranked higher than Pickens. Pickens is a top one hundred and fifty uh, prospect overall in the two four seven composite. Latson top fifteen. So if you trust recruiting services, you'd probably go with Latson. Um, if you watch them play, Latson's a he's a very fluid athlete. He's definitely faster and more explosive than what Pickens is. Uh, Pickens, who is an Auburn commit, but we've we've been after him. He said some really positive things about us in the media. Uh, he could be a potential flip candidate. He's got a bigger body. He's more physical. I mean, they're both big, tall guys. I mean, lads. And- yeah, see, I think the thing is, like, you're talking about Pickens. I mean, we kind of already have that with the uh, Jadon Hazelwood. Yeah. That's why I think I went with Layden because he's a little bit more of a explosive. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely more explosive, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, Pickens really hey, he's he's. He's fast, but he's not like he's not explosive necessarily like Ladson is. He's got a more physical aspect to his game. What Pickens really reminds me of, or who he reminds me of, is Laquan Treadwell. Remember him from Ole Miss a couple years back? Yeah, that's really who he reminds me of. Like a guy that's got good speed, but he's not a burner by any stretch of imagination. But he's a big physical presence out there. That's who Pickens reminds me of. Um, and if we ended up getting him, I mean, I'm I'm cool with that. Pickens is a good player. But Ladson, I think, is the better player. He reminds me more of like a Fred, Gibson, maybe a faster Fred Gibson. Go back in time, a skinny dude, very tall and lanky, um, but uh, certainly has the ability to make some explosive plays down the field. So I'd be happy with either one. I'd probably, if I'm, I'm if I had to pick one, I'm gonna side with you. I'm gonna go with Ladson there. Uh, next question, sticking with wide receivers, Jamie. This is a good question, and I'm curious to see your answer on this one, Kurt. Uh, do you see us having a 1,000 yard wide receiver this season or next, going also into the 2019 season? Uh, no, and I think it's just from the previous history that you have to look at. I mean, right now we have so many weapons that I don't think there's going to be one person. I mean, last year, uh, Wins was our pretty much our go-to guy, one of our one of our big dogs, and he was not he was not a thousand yards. So, I, and I think that's the biggest thing is I mean, we also had a freshman quarterback last year. Yeah, but even then, I mean, I, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. I want to say we've only had like two or three. We've had one one thousand yard receiver in the yeah, history of Georgia football. Karen said we're two thousand two. He had a one thousand and four yards. Exactly, and as much I mean, think about Aaron Murray. We talked about him earlier. I mean, his last couple of years, he was throwing the ball left and right, putting up huge uh, passing numbers, touchdown numbers, everything, and he didn't have a single one thousand yard uh, receiver. So I, I just I think it's more of that's more of an NFL game where you have you know sixteen um, games and stuff. I just think that there's right now it's to the point where uh, with the amount of games we have and everything, and the amount of weapons, that you're better off to spread it around instead of focusing on one guy. Yeah, it's tough for me to sit here and say yes. Because if you look, I mean, again, if you look at the entire history of Georgia football, 
We have one wide receiver ever in our history to go over 1,000 yards a single season. Terrence Edwards, 2002. That's it. Now, I know that football has changed a lot over the years. Uh, we got more uh, up-tempo spread looks. And I, think, I do think you have to consider the context of modern football because when you go with tempo, what that means is you get more plays. You get more plays. It means you get more opportunities. More opportunities generally mean more yards for receivers out there to get. But I still like we have embraced some of the spread and the up-tempo type stuff. But that's not what we do by trade. That's kind of like what we do to switch things up every now and then. Uh, and I think you also have to ask yourself this question. Like, we have, I think we have some really good playmakers at wide receiver. But do we have that one dominant wide receiver that we're going to go to in almost every important situation? No. I mean, I think Miko Harbin's going to be a great player for us. But yeah, as good as he is, but he's not your, he's not your end zone threat. You're a no. And, and Miko, like, as good as he is, as high as I am on him, like he played almost exclusively in the slot last year. And I think he will this year too, which means I mean last year I, I did the math like he played roughly thirty percent of our snaps last season, right? And that's just that's not a, that's not going to give you enough opportunities to get a thousand yards. That's just not because when you play the slot, you're not obviously you're not out there when we have our two wide receiver sets. Now we don't run a ton of two wide receiver sets anymore, but we do run some of them when we have all the tight ends that we have. So when Miko's not out there enough, he's not going to get a thousand yards. I, just, I mean it's just simple math. I just don't think he's going to have the opportunities. I think Terry's really good. But is Terry a thousand yard receiver? No. I mean, I don't see that. I, I think Riley really shows what he can do in the championship game, but I, I don't see him ready to explode on the seat onto this onto the scene as a thousand yard type receiver yet. I just I don't see that we have uh, a guy like that right now. Uh, but you know, hey, dude, I, I'd be the first one to say I hope to God I'm wrong here. If we, if we have a guy that's a thousand yard receiver, whew, I mean, this offense isn't be as good as it's actually gonna be better than what you and I both think it's gonna be. We both think it's gonna be pretty dang good. All right, last question here. We're going to uh, pivot for a second and go to the hardcore here and talk a little basketball. Caleb had a question on the basketball front, and uh, he asked, do you foresee us regaining Hagens? talking about Ashton Hagens, five-star recruit from Georgia that was once a commit. Uh, do you see us regaining Ashton Hagens with Coach Hayes coming back and the pedigree that Cream brings as a recruiter? Well, first I would say this, Kurt, like, there was a report by 247 Sports last week that Coach Hayes had accepted an offer to come back, but that was proven to be premature, right? Like, he's not officially back on board yet. Uh, no. We had Coach Crean go on, I think it was 6 8 The Fan yesterday, and they were interviewing asking about uh, about uh, Coach Hayes. And what Crean essentially said was, like, hey, we have a lucrative offer out there for him right now. It's up to him. The ball's on his court. So we don't know if he's officially coming back yet. I think that initial report that Kay was probably re- uh, referring to was a little premature. Uh, so let me kind of break this into two questions. First off, do you think that Coach Hayes is going to come back? Will, will Jarvis choose to stay in Athens? I would hope so. I would hope he wouldn't be petty and kind of leave, especially you're hoping it's not because they pass him over as the coach or anything like that. I can't imagine that's what it is. I think, honestly, look, I don't— be shocking, though, because this is his alma mater. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple things you look at. I mean, maybe he wants, as a coach, maybe he wants to kind of spread his wings a little bit. He doesn't want to get pigeonholed and be like, hey, he's just that coach of Georgia. He's not going to leave Georgia, so he wants to kind of like take that next step. And, and maybe he thinks taking that next step is to go to a different place and get some different experience with different people. I don't Maybe that's part of it. I've also heard, like I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this, but Kareem, you know, through his career, has had a reputation sometimes of being a guy that can be hard to work with at times in his past. Uh, hopefully, it seems like he's really kind of ingratiated himself since he's gotten here. But uh, I think that reputation is something to follow him. I think that maybe there's a feeling out process out there with Jonas trying to see is this a guy that I really want to work for. Um, but I mean, I don't know if that explains like him still kind of extending this decision to this point. You already got Chad Dollar on board. 
Um, it, it, actually, I think I'm really I'm really happy with that hire because he's a guy. His dad was a high school coach at Douglas High School for a long time. He played in Douglas. Um, he coached the Georgia Tech staff, brought some guys in there. So he's got some ties to this area as well. So if we end up losing Jonas, getting Chad Dollar, I mean, that's big. And if we can get Jonas on top of Dollar, that's 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 even bigger, obviously. So let's say that, that Jonas does come back. Is that enough for us, along with Chad Dollar and Tom Green's, you know, his prowess as, uh, as a recruiter, is that enough for us to reel Ashton Hagens back in? I don't know because I think the thing is Hagens is back on the scene so much that he's getting attention that I just don't know. How, I mean, I don't know how much he got attention before, he, but right now he's getting a lot of attention for some really big time schools. Well, he committed to us pretty early, so like, a lot of those schools, and with the in-state school, a lot of schools backed off. And once he opened it back up, Kentucky offered him officially. So I mean, now they're a big time. Obviously, they're a big time player once they offer anybody. I just don't know, man. Um, I think it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard, and I do think that that Jonas was a big part of of getting Higgins in the first place. But Fox did a good job there too, and losing Mark Fox, I mean that that, that definitely hurts. There was a there was a relationship there and a trust there, and Kareem doesn't have a ton of time to kind of reestablish that. Now I will say, for my you know, again, I don't know if this is one hundred percent official, but it's my understanding that Higgins. After he was he was originally a 2019 recruit. Then he said he was going to reclassify 2018, and now he's saying no, he's not going to reclassify. He's going to go back and be a 2019 recruit again. Which if he sticks with that plan, that buys us a little more time, right? Yeah, that buys us a little more time. Kareem kind of show, hey, here's my plans. Here's what I'm going to do. You want to build relationships? But I think getting Jonas back absolutely gives us a fighting chance. Without Jonas, as good as Chad Dollar is in this in this region as a recruiter. I, I just like without the, some connection to the previous staff, I don't know if we'll be able to reel Higgins back in. With uh, like you said, with all the attention that he's getting, I hope so. Maybe a guy like Elias King can get back in the fold, uh, who's also a really good player, not the level of Higgins, but a really good player. He plays at Shiloh in Gwinnett County. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a chance. But Hayes has to accept. He has to accept our offer first, and hopefully, we'll find out sooner rather than later. All right, guys, that does it for the show here today. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you sending show, or sending questions. Definitely appreciate that. And if we did not get to your question, I sincerely apologize. We will get to those as soon as we possibly can. Curtis has to run. He's got a date or something like that. I don't know. He's got a life. So we got to cut a little bit short here. But thanks for listening, guys. Really do appreciate it. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.